0: Welcome to the Questions of Life podcast. I'm Kath, I'm here with Donald. Hello. In our session today, we are talking about taking a life. We'll be looking at capital punishment, suicide, abortion, and assisted dying. We hope that you find our discussions helpful. So Donald, tonight we are talking about taking a life. And this is quite a deep and difficult subject that we're looking at. So we're gonna try and look at it uh, gently. We're going to be honest about how we feel. We're going to talk a little bit about what the Bible says. And we're going to explore topics like assisted dying, suicide, abortion, uh, capital punishment. So th- these are these are difficult things. Um, but I want to start off by looking at the whole area of assisted dying. There's a lot about it in the news at the moment. Uh, a statistic that uh, I read today, 93% of people in the UK approved of or wouldn't rule out doctor-assisted suicide if the person is terminally ill. Now I know you're not a great reader, uh, but one of the books that I've read in the past 10 years had a profound effect upon me. It wasn't a Christian book. It was a, a book by an author called Jojo Moyes. You've probably never heard of her. And it was called Me Before You. And it was about a guy who had everything. He had money, he had looks, he had a girlfriend. And uh, one day was knocked down by a car and was then paralysed from the neck downwards. And uh, this girl came to care for him. They fell in love. Um, But he hated the life that he had. He hated the person that he'd become, that he wasn't able to do all the things that he could do before. And uh, in the end, he decided that he was going to go off to Dignitas and he ended his life. I wasn't expecting that to be the ending in the book. I thought everything ends happily ever after. I actually cried and it disturbed me for about three days that this guy had taken this decision. Now, for some people, this is a real journey that they go on of wanting to be free from the constraints of illness, And it's something that I think a lot of people think and talk about when you see somebody that you love that is suffering and maybe has a terminal illness. Now, there's a perception that the church and Christianity uh, are very anti-assisted dying. What is your take on this very, very difficult area?
1: It is a really difficult area, and I think I'd want to be nuanced and, and try to understand some of the issues. I think it is true that it's, it's sometimes easier to be clear-cut, but I'm not always sure being clear-cut is the best place to be. I think there are different scenarios. So there is a clear diagnosis of a terminal illness that is likely to be painful or that where life can be prolonged beyond where naturally we would stay alive. And that area we had with my own dad uh, when some years ago, when he had terminal cancer and he had the choice to have uh, further treatment which would have kept him alive for a month or two more, but would have meant that that life was... Uh, the side effects was quite drastic. And he chose not to have that. Mm. He chose to end well. And then in the last few days, he, we we privileged to get him to a great hospice where the emphasis was on him being comfortable, mm. not on him surviving a few more days. And that, I felt, was right, that prolonging a life for the sake of it almost against where nature would keep alive or God if you like would keep someone alive seems to me to be unhelpful so that's one whole area where you're you're speeding up or at least you're not slowing down Mm -hmm. something that is going to happen inevitably and could be and is going to happen unpleasantly Mm -hmm. The second area is where there is a It's a long time ahead. It's a degenerative thing, it's, it's not a matter of months. It, it, and I think that's much more complex. And I can understand why people don't want to go through that, but I, I feel that uncomfortable because the big risk is that relatives, uh, beneficiaries from a will, put pressure on someone, this is costing us to keep you alive, Mm. this is difficult, and there becomes a a pressure. Mm. So I feel if there was some kind of way of defining what terminal illness was that was quite clear in the time schedules. I don't know whether that's possible. I would feel more comfortable with that than just saying, well, they're going to die in two years, so we want to bring it forward two years. That, that feels very dangerous. And that, the big fear is always that these things become manipulative. But I don't personally think it is wrong to cooperate with the death process and to show that you're not afraid of dying. I don't, I don't feel that's a, a wrong thing. Then there's another whole area where... the whole area of dementia. And that, as you get older, worries you more. Mm. And you think, do I want to be a long time in a home? A burden to other people? Difficult to live with. Not who you really are. Um, And I don't know the answer to that because I think if somebody else is making that decision, there's all the problems we talked about, about it being a benefit, you know, it's it's open to so much abuse and corruption. But I can also empathise with somebody saying, you know, this isn't me. Mm -hmm. So I find that very Mm -hmm. difficult. I can't be clear cut on that. Then there's a third area, which is assisted suicide, where people just don't want to live. Mm -hmm. And I I fundamentally think that that's not what God wants. He wants to give hope. He wants to restore. He wants to repair situations. So even when people feel that they're most hopeless, that life can't be worth living, I believe that God can redeem that and rescue that. And That's not what he wants. So I'm not in favour of just... My life isn't worth living, I need to take it. Um, i was definitely not in favour of... This person's a a nuisance, we need to get rid of them. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: But I am in favour of helping someone be free from pain in their last few days. And... My head says uh, the dementia thing. We don't want to go down that road. If we open that door, where do we go? But I simply know that if it were me, I'd want to go and be with Jesus. If I could see myself going down that road, I'd want to go being with Jesus. I don't know how to answer that. That's probably entirely the wrong heretical answer to the question, but I've just been honest. I just don't know how I deal with that.
0: It's interesting because I think for me, I've thought about this quite a bit recently, Uh, And just thinking about, okay, I'm not married, I don't have kids. So getting older, who's going to look after me? You know, which poor person's going to have to have that privilege? Uh, And um, I don't want to get dementia. I don't want to get old. You hear of people saying, oh, I want to live till X number of years. I don't. I don't want to get really old and be a burden to somebody else and get dementia and all of these things. I would rather go and be with Jesus. I completely get what you're saying. And this whole thing is a a double-edged thing in many ways. It's what is right for the person, and that's always the most important thing, but it also gets mixed up in what is right for the family and the carers. And I think there are two dangers in that. I think the first danger is that they want to prolong the person's life for as long as possible, and that puts pressure on the person who is ill and I've seen that many many times and I know you know we both have Mm. where there is pressure put on by a spouse or by family members now's not your time you're not going to die you're going to be healed and so that person is that's ill is afraid and 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 feels constricted and isn't helped to die in a in in a healthy way Mm. And that's one of these dangers. And then the other danger that you've talked about is that actually you end somebody's life too soon with the wrong motives. And it's difficult trying to find a middle ground because there's nothing worse than seeing somebody that you love suffering, somebody that you love with a, with a terminal illness, uh, ready to be with Jesus and just think... I don't know. This this is just hard. Would it mm. not just be simpler mm. if you have their permission to, to hasten <laughs> their meeting with Jesus? Mm. And there are other countries around the world that this is possible. Mm. Places like the Netherlands. So they've got a, a whole uh, tick list criteria. You have to be terminally ill. And there's lots of other things that you have to. It's not a very simple process but there is a process uh, and you can do this for someone over the age of 12 if they're under 16 then you have to have parental permission so there are other places uh, around the world as uh, that do this but well, does the bible say to this i think of passages like god has ordained for you every day before one of them has come to be they're written in the book of life and things like that god gives life god takes life where does it fit into this, this whole discussion?
1: Well, this is a really controversial issue. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is, I think, biblically possible to murder. Therefore, it is biblically possible to take a life before God wanted it taken. And that's murder. It's wrong. It's, and so I'm not sure that the length of our days are always exactly what God intended because mm-hmm. otherwise murder wouldn't be murder. Yeah, It would be execution on God's behalf. Yep. Therefore, I also think that it is possible in, in recent years that people are living longer mm-hmm. than God intended, mm-hmm. that we resuscitate, keep alive in vegetative states or whatever it is,
0: mm-hmm. people
1: that God had said, it's ready to... so I think God has enabled mankind to have some element of control or influence over life and death now it depends on a lot of your theology and I know that others from Christian perspective would take a very different view but um, I had someone in my family murdered uh, my, my, extended, my cousin was murdered um, I can't see that as what God intended yep incredibly destructive Uh, we've had close friends killed in Mm -hmm. in traffic accidents that's not I don't think what God intended Mm -hmm. Um, so I think we want to try and live the life that God wants us to lead Um, and I don't know if I'm answering your question. I just, I'm I'm uncomfortable with a sort of fatalistic view that you're going to die at the time you're going to die. I think there are people who are dying who shouldn't be dying and it's wrong. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And therefore I think there are also perhaps the possibility of people living who it's beyond the life that God wanted for them.
0: So when it comes to things like do not resuscitate, that's a perfectly legitimate thing for somebody to choose for themselves? I ab-
1: absolutely, it was what my father did and I have other family members who have that. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: That's their choice.
1: Absolutely, They don't want
0: it prolonged any longer than necessary.
1: Yeah, yeah they're ready to meet Jesus. Uh, they don't want crushed ribs. They don't want mm. the risk of being in a vegetative state. They're ready to go.
0: It goes back again to what the family think and feel, doesn't it, in in some ways? Because a lot of it is the family wanting to hold on to that person for as long as possible. And you understand that on the one hand, but it's getting to the point of saying, what is best for this person? What are they saying? What What do they they want? want?" Uh, And you could also argue in some ways that when somebody is being treated in the last days of their lives, the amount of various drugs that they are given to make them comfortable actually speed up the process of them dying. Yeah. That's part of it.
1: I mean, it's it's a long time ago now, It's 30-odd years ago, but it was a definite difference from when we moved my dad from a hospital to a hospice. The hospital was geared to keeping him alive, understandably, Mm. and not really being concerned about the quality of life as long as he was alive. And Mm. we're talking a long time ago, maybe things are different the moment he goes to a hospital, a hospice, it was how do we make you comfortable? How do we make you comfortable? And that was my my dad's desire, and that that was right. I I think that I, what I've seen a lot in 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 walking alongside that period in people's lives when a loved one is dying, because quite often that's when I get involved. Is that. The person often at the centre, the person that's dying, is conflicted. They have two thoughts. One thought is they want to be with Jesus. They're fed up with the suffering. They want it to be over. Mm. The second is that it's a lack of love on their behalf and they're letting people down if they die. Mm. And actually, what I've noticed happen a number of times is when family gather around and sometimes we'll talk about it and and they'll say, I give you permission to go. Thank Mm. you for your thank you for being mum thank you for all you've given us you've done your job
0: mm-hmm. you can go now mm-hmm.
1: folks die within hours
0: Yeah.
1: and you can sense they just go thank you for letting me go in peace and I think that's very important for us as loved ones to be able to do and not to, to hold on because at, at the end of the day death affects the people left behind and we can give people freedom to die in peace and to say thanks for everything you've done you owe us nothing yeah you can go
0: yeah yeah i've known of people that haven't maybe had that permission from their family and when their family have had to pop out that's when they've gone yes because absolutely. you're not here it's just like yeah i i i can go so we, we have choices, don't we, as to how we help people to die? Yeah. And I mean that in not how we help them that, to die. But that yes. in itself
1: indicates that there is almost some choice in ourselves within hours, certainly, yeah. that people can say, I'm going to go at this moment. And uh, I, I, I've known people who have waited for a loved one to get there. Mm. And exactly what you said, I've known people who've waited for the loved one to go out the room yeah. because they want to die alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's complex, it's it is painful complex. and difficult, isn't it? Mm. And at the moment in this country, it's not possible to help people die mm. earlier than is thought. And I'm not it's an helpful. expert,
1: and I, I know there'll be Christians who studied it far more than me that would take a different view, and they may, may well be right. I want to say, rightly out, I don't know enough about it, but I don't think the conversation should be off limits. I think mm. we should try to find out more and, and look at what goes on in Holland. Is that good? Is that bad? What yeah. can be learned? I don't think it's a put your finger on your ears saying yeah. we don't want to hear about this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not as black and white as some people may say, and we need mm. to always be dialoguing about these things. Mm. I think we always want a faith that is open to question and Mm. to conversations. I think that's healthy.
1: And and the really tricky thing in all of life is balancing, I'm ready to meet Jesus. Mm And I need to live my life that Jesus has called me to. So yeah. it's like in Philippians, Paul says, for me, to, for me to live is Christ. Everything I live for is Christ. And to die is gain. Yeah. There are two sort of wrong extremes you can go to. One is to say, I'm so terrified of death. Mm-hmm. I've got to do anything I can to stay alive. And that seems to me not what God wants for us. He wants us to be at peace about mm-hmm. dying. The other extreme is to say, you know, I don't, I'm fed up with this life. I just want to go and be with Jesus. Mm. And somewhere we've got to find the balance of saying, God has given me breath for mm. today for a purpose. I'm here for you, God. I'm here to do what you mm. want. And when that's over, it's okay. Mm. And I'm ready to go and I had to hold those two things together.
0: Well, let's move that on then to look at suicide. Because I know of people, even those that have a, a deep faith, who at times of great darkness and struggle and mental health, and we'll talk about mental health more next week, Uh, and I know of those that don't have any faith, that have got to a point where they've thought there's no other option, I can't bear to be alive, I want to end my life. And I found some statistics. So uh, last year, over 5,300 people committed suicide in the UK. That's a lot of people. A lot of people that are struggling and lots of others have tried to commit suicide and haven't been successful. It's an incredibly painful place to be in, to think I have no other option. There is no hope for me. I want to bring an end to this. It's, it's horrific mm-hmm. to be in that situation. And for you, you would say that you would want to encourage people that there is hope mm. that that doesn't have to be the end of the story but with Jesus it's possible to begin bit by bit to put your life back together mm. do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah
1: absolutely I think there are, there are two things to say firstly that that I don't think there's any pit that you can get to the bottom of that God can't get you out of sometimes it's, it's it's horrendous holes that we can find ourselves in and horrendous places. And I I just don't believe there's any place that God would say, well, that's it, you're lost. Mm. Uh, I think God can always restore, always redeem. But very often folks who are suicidal cannot see that, cannot understand that. And so the, the second thing for me is absolutely crucial. What I said a few moments ago is the real pain of death is for the people we leave behind. Suicide is incredibly damaging to other people. Very often what happens is there's a belief that they will be better off without me Mm. or they don't care if I die. Mm. I've seen the most horrendous pastoral things I've ever been involved in are after there's been a suicide. Mm. It is the most damaging and destructive thing to do to a person. However much we're angry with them, however much they've hurt us, there will be other people who are just decimated that we took our life, just decimated that, and will blame themselves. And maybe sometimes that's what we want, but actually, really, do we want to cause that kind of horror? So there may be people who are feeling suicidal watching this. There may be people for whom that's something that's going to happen. Please, please, please think about other people. And if you do, stay alive for no other reason than for other people, you will find that God restores it and and puts it right in time. But suicide is so traumatic for everybody else. It's really not fair to do to somebody else. It's really not fair to do to somebody else.
0: I know that for some people there's a sense of blame and guilt and thinking I've let that person down. Mm. But I think that's not the truth. Mm. I think very often uh, for some people, if they're determined to do it, they, they're they gonna do it. Mm. They're going to find a way, which is not what we want to encourage. Uh, we wanna be praying for folks that are struggling in those situations. Often mm. they struggle and we don't know. Mm. That's one of the most dangerous things. Mm. But what would you say to those that are feeling, oh, I've let somebody down? I couldn't have been a good friend. Otherwise, you know, they'd have come and talked to me. What would you say to people struggling in that situation?
1: I think people are responsible for their own choices. It's really hard. Um, none of us can take responsibility for a person's life. Um... When any, if anybody dies, part of the grief process is always, what could I have done, if only? That's a natural question to ask oneself. Mm. And we have to find a way of saying, I did all that I could, and that this person made that choice. Um, it's, not, it's not easy at all. Um, I've really been a number of times um, listening to the breakfast TV presenter, Dan... Walker. Walker. Has written a book about some of the people he's met and uh, part of his book and the way he talks about the book is a chapter on his friendship with uh, Speed, um, Leeds United... Welsh manager
0: oh oh, yes that committed suicide yes Yes.
1: who committed suicide of the evening Gary Speed Gary Speed he committed suicide the evening Dan had been with him in the morning and Dan Walker talks about what that how that has affected how that affected him and other people and and talks to Gary's family about it Uh, I've not read the chapter I just heard Dan speaking about it three or four times, and it's very, very powerful. And I would commend people to go and explore that and find out, because Dan Walker's been through that Mm -hmm. and articulates that very, very well, that experience Mm -hmm. of um, having no idea that there was anything wrong, and then they take their
0: life that night. That's horrific, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. And then you must replay that back in your mind, could I have noticed? Could I have said something? Was it mm-hmm. something I said? Mm-hmm. You just yeah. would be beside yeah. yourself.
1: Yeah, and he talks really well about that if you Google Dan Walker or any podcast in the last six months talking about his book. Mm. Uh, he talks about a number of people he met, and that's just one chapter. It's, a really, it's really interesting because mm. some of the other things he talks about, he's a, re- he's a good guy, Dan Walker. Good, good guy. Because he likes football. He likes football. He's a very strong christian mm. and he talks about his faith and how he, that affects how he interviews people and, and what mm. he's
0: done so when we're talking about suicide there used to be um i call it an old wives tale within christianity that if you took your own life you weren't given a proper burial yeah. and you wouldn't make it yeah to heaven true or false
1: I think it's slightly more than old wives' power. I think it's part of other streams of Christianity's fundamental beliefs. (laughs) I believe that suicide is not what a person wants. Uh, Sorry, not what God wants. But I don't think it affects our eternal destiny Mm. as to where it was before we committed suicide. In other words, if if we love Jesus, and, and there are plenty of people who are, Love Jesus, and life got so unbearable sometimes through illness, sometimes through mm-hmm. tragedy, sometimes through uh, uh, inaccurate perceptions of themselves. They take their own life. I am sure Jesus says, I died for you,
0: yeah,
1: I've paid the price for you, yeah. I bought you. We are not saved by whether we are sinless at the moment we die, because otherwise most of us won't get to heaven. Yeah, uh, We're saved because Jesus died for us on the cross. Yeah. So I don't think it's right at all to teach that God would reject someone or God would uh, that we should punish them in some way by not giving them a proper burial. All of that I think is abhorrent.
0: Where does it come from though? I don't understand how you get that from scripture.
1: It comes from how do you stop how do you deter people from taking their own life?
0: Maybe love them and encourage them and walk alongside them and support them and pray for them.
1: True, but if you have a mindset of religion that we use fear as the main (sighs) weapon, then we control people by fear, we control people by telling them, if you do this, you'll you'll be eternally punished in hell.
0: And you mess their family up even more. Yeah. Good. Well, that sounds like a winner to me. (laughs) (laughs) That old wives' tale. (laughs) Steady, steady. But it it frustrates me because I think these are such painful, painful things that people go through. Yeah. And we shouldn't be battering them with the fear stick or those that are left behind. We need to be loving them and supporting them and walking with them and doing all we can Mm. to help. And Mm. for me, this is just horrid. So apologies if I've offended any other stream of Christianity, but I just think it's disgraceful. This is a really uplifting and encouraging <laughs> session that we're having this evening, isn't it? We seem to go from the sublime to the ridiculous. Um, so let's keep going on. Okay,
1: plough on.
0: <laughs> we're powering on three. I think these are topics that we don't always talk about. No, it's real life. Yeah, We're
1: all touched by these things, aren't yeah. we?
0: And we need to talk about them. People need to know that there's a place where you can be real and honest and say, I struggle, or I have done this. This is where I'm at. And to know there's no condemnation, Hmm. but to know that there's love and grace and mercy. And I think that particularly for this next one that we're going to talk about, the whole area of abortion. I think there are lots of reasons that people have abortions. Um, Do you want to begin to outline... Some of those, and, and begin to talk about this yes, area. So this
1: is a, an area of, of 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 controversy, I think, because I think I don't think I think you wouldn't find a Christian who would say there's absolutely no problem with abortion, but you would find perhaps some Christians like myself would say, I don't think it's as clearly defined as some other streams of Christianity would say. So fundamentally, I would want to say a number of things. That I don't believe babies go to hell. I just don't believe that. They either are in heaven or they don't exist. They never existed. I don't believe that abortion damages the eternal consequences of a baby. Mm -hmm. I just don't see that in scripture at all. I think abortion damages a mother emotionally quite severely Mm -hmm. and it's a very difficult thing. Mm -hmm. Therefore, abortion as a form of contraception, as a, I didn't really want this baby, let's get rid of it, I think is very damaging. It's very damaging to the mother emotionally and psychologically Mm -hmm. in the long term. Mm I think it's very damaging to the large number of people who don't have children and who would like to adopt a healthy, mm. well-adjusted child that hasn't been removed because it's been abused. Mm. And that's increasingly hard to do. And there are lots of people who want to adopt because they can't have children for whatever reason. Mm. And therefore to, to deny that from other things is, is not good. So I think abortion as a... I just don't want this child. If you don't want this child, I think we understand that. It's very painful, it's very difficult. Absolutely. But there is an alternative. That that child, the number of people who wish to adopt is, is far greater than the number of healthy newborn babies that they can have. Yeah. So please don't just get rid of a baby because we don't want it. However, I think that there are a number of times when the health of the mother or the health of the the likelihood of a child surviving and that the birth being traumatic to the mother or the likelihood of the birth being traumatic in such a way as to f- prevent further pregnancies all of those reasons to me may well be the right reason for a child for a baby to be aborted at the early and minimal pain i'm not in, i'm not in favor of abortions at all of children who could have lived, in other words, the, the pregnancy was that developed that had they been born, they would have lived that, that that seems to me, but where some a child a baby's fetus is is unsustainable is that the right word outside of the mother, I think it's a very I I, I can't say that's always wrong Mm. when there are other health factors. And then there's a third area where people, because of where they were in their life, did have an abortion. And as I said earlier, that's caused such pain that I really believe God wants to, to come alongside and say, the baby's okay. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Let's restore. Let's rebuild mm-hmm. your life. And similar to suicide, this sense of making abortion like the really horrendous thing to do, yeah. uh, I think is not the way Jesus treats those who've made mistakes in their life. Mm-hmm. I think he wants to come and say, okay, I can see your Confession, I can see your pain about this. Mm -hmm. Let's rebuild. Mm -hmm. Let's place this on the cross and be free. Let's be cleansed. Let's be whole. Let's Mm -hmm. say where you were then is not where you are now. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. And I think that's really, really important. And any sense of condemning stigma that lasts beyond the cross, I don't think is right at all. So, in summary i 'm saying, i don 't think we should plan to have abortion just because we don 't want a child. I think there are other better alternatives. Yes. I think that pregnancies that are causing or potentially may cause a risk so And those are very difficult choices. I've, I've been alongside families where those are difficult choices, families where a, a mother needed radiotherapy, chemotherapy because they had cancer, they were pregnant. If they had the radiotherapy, the baby would be damaged. If they don't have the radiotherapy, they would probably die within years afterwards because they, the cancer has not been... That's a horrendous decision for anyone to make. And I, can, I think it's right to put the mother first. I do. I do, mm-hmm. I'm afraid, think it's right. Um, but not just... But, so for me, abortion needs to be where medically it's, it's, it's necessary. Where it's not, I think it needs to be seen as something that God can rebuild and restore. And I don't think we need to think the kids are home being in some hell or whatever, I think that's really ridiculous.
0: So what do you think about some people who uh, test uh, beforehand, test on the sex of the baby, uh, test for downs for other genetic disorders?
1: I think that there is, again, there's a spectrum. Personally... uh, I wouldn't have wanted to know the gender of of my child. Uh, Some
0: people do because they'll abort if it's a girl.
1: Yeah, I think that's wrong. i, I not comf- I don't think I don't think that's right at all. Mm. Um, now that makes me feel quite ill. <laughs> I think yeah. just to do that, I think is horrendous. Yeah. I think that. Uh, again, I'm really influenced by, and I've forgotten her name, there's a Christian comedian who's campaigned for Downs, who has a Downs child. It was in... Um, oh, my name just goes... They, they were in um, that big comedy programme.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one, yes. I've got no idea who you're talking about.
1: Oh, crikey, it'll come to me... Um, Okay, she's campaigned about this because... And, and, and fundamentally saying that Downs children are beautiful, mm. lovely, precious, mm. different and wonderful additions to a family, and the idea of saying they can't have life is are offensive and horrendous. And I, can, I, I don't have... I've never had to make that choice. I don't It's not for me to judge, but I certainly think it's really worth listening to those who are parents of Down's children and mm. saying how blessing that is. And, and they don't rebel, they don't, <laughs> you mm. know, do just loving all the way through.
0: Mm. What about a degenerative?
1: I think the degenerative thing is much more understandable. And I can understand why that happens. Um, I had a friend uh, who, has a, there's a degenerative thing in the family, and i can understand why they'd want to try and because the suffering was so great suffering mm-hmm. was so great i understand why they i can understand that i think i don't really know how i would act in that situation and i don't even i don't know that it's right for me to say it's wrong or it's right i can just understand it let's put it that way i haven't got to walk those that journey
0: is the comedian Sally Phillips? Sally Phillips. Thank you, Joel. Joel just messaged me through. Yeah, from with the, that. The, the, what's the big show she's in? I don't know. With the Miranda,
1: Miranda. she's the, the woman. Yeah, well, Miranda. you just
0: say Miranda? I couldn't think of the word. Miranda. Goodness.
1: Sally Phillips. Miranda. Google it. Okay. Speaks really, really well, powerfully about it.
0: Just remind us again. Just say what you said. If someone has had to make the choice of terminating a pregnancy for whatever reason what does God say to them
1: I think he says let's rebuild your life let's bring cleansing, let's bring healing Mm -hmm. I don't think it's really helpful to, to title or consider uh, abortion as murder, I think that's really emotive and unhelpful. And I don't think it's clear cut when life begins. Mm. And I think it's a really complicated thing because... ..and certainly because I don't think children go to hell. It, it, yeah. But I would say that murder is worse And Moses was a murderer, Paul was a murderer, (laughs) David was a murderer, and they're the three of the greatest heroes used by God in the Bible, that everything God can restore, redeem, rebuild, let's start where you are, let's have a new life. I don't believe abortion is murder, but if God can forgive murderers, absolutely no problem with starting again after abortion.
0: Brilliant. Okay, we're coming into land with our last area of... Joy Happiness. and the excitement this evening. And we're looking at capital punishment. Right. So in the Bible, there is a little bit of capital punishment that goes on. Mm-hmm. What are your views on that?
1: Um, <laughs> I think that... Oh, it's complicated. I think that it is no doubt that in the Old Testament, there is capital punishment. So the big question is... There are lots of questions. One is, what is the purpose of of the um, justice system. Now I would say fundamentally we want a justice system that re- restores, transforms, puts somebody right, that mm-hmm. helps someone to become what God intended them to be rather than whatever offence that caused them to be a prison. I don't think the justice system is about... Individuals being able to express hatred. I think that's damaging to the individual and I don't think that's healthy. So I don't think taking a life out of hatred and anger and resentment is ever a right thing to do. I don't think... I think you could create a case for saying that there may be times when God says... This is such a great evil that we can't allow it to continue. And that's what you get in the Old Testament. I have no confidence in our own judicial systems, whether in the UK or the America, that we are 100% accurate mm-hmm. on guilt. Yeah. And therefore, I'm not in favour of the death penalty because it, I don't think it helps... As if it's motivated out of I hate this person I don't think that really helps a person at all I think there's too much risk that we get it wrong and I do think that Jesus challenges we've talked about this before but he challenges the misuse of the Old Testament and I think that to use the Old Testament to justify capital punishment, I I feel uncomfortable with it. So uh, I'm personally not in favour of capital punishment. I just don't think it achieves what God wants to achieve, which Mm -hmm. is restoration and and reformation. I don't think it's... Foolproof. I mm. think there's too many miscarriages of justice. Mm.
0: I agree. If there was a system that was 100% uh, infallible, that's the right word, isn't it? Then you think, okay, but it isn't. And I also think, as I look at places like America, they keep people on death row for a very long time. Mm. And I think that's cruel. Mm. It doesn't merit that happening to them for whatever they've done. And Mm. then they don't always get it right when they kill them and Mm. it can be very painful. And Mm. I don't think, as human beings, we should do that. Mm. I think if you are going to do it, it needs to be humane and quick and you need to be certain Mm. that they have done it. And because of all of those things we cannot be, I can't see how Mm. we can justify it.
1: I guess my one inconsistency uh, is if... So, um, I went to see uh, England France I think it was three or four days after there'd been a terrorist attack on the French, on the Parc de Paris, on the French football team. So I went to the game uh, and unbelievable police presence. Unbelievable Mm -hmm. police presence. Um, Both the number of very frightening looking guys with bits of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Literally, you know, with little wires and, and talking all the time in plain clothes. But also, as you go up the steps in and out of Wembley tube station, just row upon row of guys with machine guns mm. standing there. And it made me think if I, as I was going, because it makes, just to make you slightly uneasy, you know yeah. there's been a terrorist attack, you know there are threats, mm. you go to watch the football match. If somebody started running up towards me with, You know, things strapped to their chest, shouting, would I want the police to open fire before they pulled the whatever it is? And the answer was yes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so, in a sense, that's an execution. You're taking one life to stop hundreds of us in this packed tube station being blown up. And clearly, they're standing there to do that. That's yeah. the point. Those rifles, are, machine guns, are ready to fire if mm-hmm. they think someone is about to detonate a bomb. Mm-hmm. And I guess in that situation, whether you call me a hypocrite and inconsistent, I would say t- to protect the greater good, I would have wanted them to open fire.
0: That's a bit like war, isn't it? It
1: is. Yeah, it is like war. Yes.
0: So that, that's yes. the justification for bearing arms in war. And I,
1: I, I hope that's not really about me. If I'd have been me, and I'd have, if it was just me, but it's the you fact could have had him, couldn't you? No, <laughs> I mean, I, it's not about that. I wouldn't have it. It's that, yeah, I was with my son. Yeah. But you, there's all these other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know where you're going, but we don't know where they're going. Exactly. And you want to give them every chance to go where you're going. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on capital punishment?
1: I think I would say I'm not an expert. Yeah. And I reserve the right to be wrong and reserve the right to, in time, reflect further. And this is a snapshot of where I'm at at the moment.
0: So to close, what would you say to those people that are struggling Thinking about suicide, or maybe those that have lost loved ones, or are going through the process of losing loved ones. What would you say about how God wants to help them and get alongside them?
1: Absolutely, I think God is—he's just long. He comes to earth because He wants to draw alongside Mm. the lost. He comes to seek and to save. He's coming. He wants to be in the pain with us. He wants Mm. to bring light where there is darkness. Mm-hmm. He wants to bring hope where there is despair. He mm-hmm. wants to bring a future where there feels there is no future.
0: Yeah. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Hang
1: on. Uh, and where there is grief, where we need to let someone go, he will help us through that journey of grief. Mm-hmm. And that holding on to someone whose time has come is more painful than placing them in Jesus' hands.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much for tuning in and uh, watching this or listening to it on the podcast. Really helpful, insightful, Donald. Thank you so much.